I told Brother David earlier, I said, uh, I'm glad he got the memo and we got it together. And uh, we should have sung a, sung a solo together. But uh, thank you for being in God's house. Hadn't you enjoyed the service so far? And uh, thank you for being here and trust that the Lord can bless and have His will and way in every heart and life. And again, thank you so much for letting us come and be a part of the service today. And we appreciate it so very much. Let me mention very quickly, uh, we have our ministry table set up in the back. And so after the service, uh, you can go by and see that. But something very special I want to present to you, the brand new youth choir project that we just finished up. Some of you guys were there in the summer. And, uh, and this is from that summer meeting from Brother Tommy's and as well from Central where we were at the last two years. So a lot of those songs are on this brand new CD. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, I promise you get better gas mileage because you're going to shout it out going down the road. And uh, so don't forget about that. And then also something very special we've put together this year is our Restoring the Heritage Tour. And if anybody in the building likes to travel uh, and would love to go up to New England, we're going to be visiting some of the locations uh, of our founding fathers. We'll be going to uh, Fanny Crosby's. We'll be going to George Whitfield's, David Brainerd, Jonathan Edwards, many other places. And we're going to study some church history, revival history, and some American history, what the Lord has done for this great nation. And the reason that we're free is because God made this place a foundation for the world to get the gospel. So, again, if you'd like information about that, you can see me after the service and we'll give you those brochures. And then since we were here, uh, even with you this summer, uh, something very special that uh, has happened. We've taken over Hearts with Hands there in Asheville, North Carolina, the Disaster Relief Agency. And uh, we've got the brand new newsletter for that back there. And as well, the relief efforts that we are uh, in the process of working on for Nepal. And uh, the 7.8 magnitude earthquake that they had the end of April. And then a week or so later, they had a 7.2, 7.3. And they have lost 600,000 homes inside of Nepal. Out of 4 million population you imagine four, five, six to a home, that wipes out a lot of their population as far as their homes. So they have no clothes, they have no food, they have no water, they have, they have hardly anything. And so what we are doing through Hearts with Hands and God's people is we are trying to provide, much like a, you, you've seen the tractor sheds, little, the little uh, metal sheds that you pull a tractor under, we're trying to send materials over there and uh, just for $100 a little hut, a uh, whole family could have a place to reside. And uh, so you can imagine the rainy season's coming in June, and so they need permanent shelter, and so an opportunity to get out of the weather. And so we're trying to do that through the help of God's people. And so if you'd like to partner with us on Hearts with Hands, that's a good way that we can send some items over to some of those missionaries there. Lord willing, I'll be going over the 1st of June with Hearts with Hands helping build some of those shelters. They said they can build in a village, they can build about 30 of those a day, and it takes about 20 sheets of corrugated metal, and then they just put it together, wire tight together, 
and uh, that gives them some type of permanent shelter. And then the box we have over here is the Box of Hope, and we're sending those. Those have hygiene products, food items, things of that nature, and uh, you as a church, a business, I've had several churches that wanted to buy a whole pallet for $2,000. You can buy a pallet of those, and we can send those over. So uh, anything you'd like to do, uh, then see me after the service, and we'd take that, use that, and try to be a blessing. That's a Hindu country. It's a country that does not believe in Jesus. So what an opportunity for us to get the gospel to them. And this would be a way because their hearts are tender. They need help. And they're looking for somebody in the states to help them, a poor nation as they are already, and then needing the response and help uh, any way they can. So again, thank you so much for being here. Letting us be a part of your service today. And I trust the Lord of this blessing. Second Timothy chapter number 3. Second Timothy chapter number 3. In Second Timothy chapter number 3. Can you put a little bit on the monitor right there? Do you know how to do that? Maybe a little bit. Second uh, Timothy chapter number 3. I believe that everybody inside of this building would agree with me. We are living in the last seconds of the last days. And when you see everything that is occurring around this nation, you know that the stage is being set for the Antichrist to come on the scene. Uh, Why is it that the world's leaders are calling for a global leader to come on the scene? Why is it that the news media are calling for someone to give instruction and help to come on the scene? Because the stage is being set. When the world cries peace and safety, you understand your time is nigh even at the coming of the Lord. And so every person here must be ready. Every individual in this building must understand eternity's coming. Every person here is going to spend eternity somewhere. And you'll either spend it in heaven or you'll spend it away from God in hell. And every person... Uh, The Lord is no respecter of person. He made a way as the choir was singing, as they were singing earlier. He made a way when there was no way for every person inside of this building to be redeemed by the grace of God. So when you leave this building today, you will be without excuse. When you stand before the Lord and every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and every man, every woman, every teenager, every child in this building will stand before a holy God. And so you need to be aware of the days that are coming. You need to be aware that the time is drawing nigh. You need to be aware that we are living in an hour right before the coming of the Son of God. Well, what does this day involve? I believe that we are living in days of demonic darkness because you are seeing an unleashing in this day. And when you look around in our society, you look at this generation, how they're craving the darkness of our day, how they're fascinated with the dark side, how they're fascinated even the movies, all of the things that are being portrayed, the new movie that's out, Poltergeist, all of those things. You're watching the darkness being unleashed on a society. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more this unleashing of darkness is going to become prevalent 
in this day that we're living in. So I believe we're dealing with days of demonic darkness right before Jesus comes. But number two, I believe we are dealing with days of defiling darkness. Why are so many people leaving the will of God in this day? Why are so many people walking away from the truth and the reality of the Word of God? Why are so many people walking away from the, the things that God ordained and established in this land and literally they're walking away? Why are so many Sunday school teachers quitting? So many preachers quitting? So many individuals finding themselves literally engulfed in sin in the day that we're living in because of this unleashing of demonic darkness, it has brought an unleashing of defiling darkness in this day that we're living in. And you're watching on every hand this darkness come to pass. But not only is there defiling darkness and demonic darkness, but number three, I believe we are living in the most discouraging darkness we have ever seen in the history of the household of faith. You come to church and, and you try to get your breath back and before you get out of the building it's like Satan knocks the breath back out of you and you feel like that all hope is gone on every hand. And so many people are discouraged. So many people are defeated. So many people are living in the circumstances of this life and they're watching what's going on around them instead of the Lord Jesus Christ who has power to deliver in this day. Let me remind you this morning, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You may be going through discouragement. You may be going through this darkness. You may be going through that attitude of being defeated. But you look up because your redemption draws nigh. And we are about to go to the house. We're about to see the king face to face. We're about to leave this society. And there is a better day coming for the household of faith. So when you understand that, then you understand the pressure's on. The, the heat is, is literally rising even on the church of the living God. Why is it that you feel like that you're facing darkness on every side? Why is it that you feel like that you're living in discouraging darkness? Because Satan, if he could, he cannot take away your salvation if you're saved by the grace of God. But what he wants to do is get me so discouraged, get me so defeated, lose my vitality and my breath for God that I won't stand for him in these last days. But I've got news for Satan. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I've got news for Satan. I'm on the winning side. He's on the losing side and there's nothing he can do about it because the church of the living God is the winner. I've read the last chapter and we're on the winning side. Hallelujah. And so when you think about that, what does Paul tell Timothy? He is in the Mamertine prison in Rome. He's awaiting execution by Nero the madman and he begins to write his last will and testament to his young son in the faith by the name of Timothy. And as he's writing his last will and testament, he begins to tell him in verse number 1, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. And notice what he says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now this past summer, some of your group was there with us. I preached a new message on a selfie generation. 
That's what we are dealing with. We are living in men and women and young adults becoming lovers of their own selves rather than lovers of God. And what's preceding us is the generation that is watching us, the generation that is now alive in America, and you're watching literally people infatuated with themselves. So what does it say? Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Notice verse 3, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That's where we're living as a nation and that's where we're living as the household of faith. So not only are we watching this demonic darkness become unleashed and we're watching this defiling darkness come upon us and we're watching this discouraging darkness come upon us. Number four, we are experiencing days of darkness more than we ever had in the history of the household of faith and the history of the church of the living God. What is this day of darkness? I believe that we're experiencing days of terror. Why do you think that there is an uprising with ISIS and Daesh and, 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 and the Muslim Brotherhood and all of that in the Middle East? And they're sending signals back to America that they're coming on our shore as well. And you're watching on every hand a rising of this day of terror. That's the proof that we're in the last seconds of the last days. That's the proof of what Satan is going to bring to pass. In these days of darkness, not only are you experiencing days of terror, but you're experiencing days of trouble on every hand. It seems like trouble's coming from every corner. Trouble's coming from every door. And everyone in this building is not exempt from the trouble that is coming upon this land. And so when you see days of terror, days of trouble, then thirdly, you're recognizing that we're living in days of tragedy. That's the reason so much stuff is happening all over the globe. You think about the tragedy of all of those people in Nepal and literally in just a matter of moments, everything about their world there changed and turned around and left them empty-handed. Tragedy is on every hand. So when you understand we're living in days of darkness and demonic darkness and discouraging darkness and defeating darkness and defiling darkness, when you look at all of that, then you must understand what Paul was saying to Timothy. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That word perilous means dangerous. So if we're living in days of darkness, then wouldn't it be right that we're living in dangerous times of darkness when you think about the day that we're living in? And I want every person here to think with me for just a moment. If I'm living in days of darkness and now I'm facing dangerous times of darkness, then there's several things that I would want to know. Number one, I would want to make sure in this dangerous time that I'm not in love with the world because Jesus is coming soon. He could come before you and I get out of this very building. And so if the Lord is coming and we're living in a dangerous time, 
then wouldn't it be a dangerous time for somebody to be in love with this world instead of in love with Jesus Christ? And so every person here, let me encourage you. This is the day to fall back in love with the Son of God. This is the day to love Him supremely. This is the day to just fall at His feet. This is the day to come to Him and worship and magnify Him and glorify Him because He loved us with an everlasting love. And all He asked us to do in these last days is to love Him. So it would be a dangerous time to find your yourself and mine in love with this world instead of being in love with Jesus Christ. But number two, it would be a dangerous time to be leaving the will of God. Every person here, you've got to determine by God's grace in these last days, am I going to stay like I am and stay where I'm supposed to be in the will of God Or am I going to be like many in these last days? They're looking for a way out. They're looking for the wrong direction. They're looking for the wrong pathway. And they're looking for a place to find themselves out in the world doing what they want to do. And let me encourage you. It would be a dangerous day to be leaving the will of God. If Jesus could come before we get out of this building, and He could, I would hate to know that I'm out of the will of God. If Jesus could come before I get home today, I would hate to know that I'm living out of the will of God. If Jesus could come before I make it back to the next appointed service I'm supposed to be at, I would hate to know I was living and living in the will of God, or out of the will of God. And every person here, you've got to examine your heart and make sure, especially in this day we're living in that you're living in the will of God because you're going to need the protective hedge of the Father. You're going to need the Holy Spirit on your side. You're going to need the help of God. You're going to need the touch of God. You're going to need the anointing of God. And when you begin to leave the will of God, you're leaving the Father behind and you're walking on your own without the presence of God. It's a dangerous time to be in love with this world. It's a dangerous time to be leaving the will of God. But I want you to think of this very quickly, number three. It would be a dangerous time to be living lost. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised the next service. You're not promised the next opportunity that we have together. You're not promised the next meeting. You're not promised tomorrow. God's given you breath in this service today. What are you going to do with the opportunity that He has given you today? He has shown you that He loves you. He has shown you that He died for you. He has shown you that He's given His life for you. He has shown you that He's given everything for you. And now... You've got a determination to make and you're at a crossroads of your life. Will I continue to live lost or will I come to Christ and let Him change my life forever? But all I can say to any person inside of this building for the next five minutes, I want you to look right here. It would be a sad day to leave a service like this lost. 
It would be a sad day to leave an opportunity like this lost. And what breaks my heart is so many people come to the house of God, but they're living lost. They come and they think because they're a church member that heaven's going to be their home. Because they got dipped in the water, heaven's going to be their home. Or they're some moral or, or, or good person and heaven's going to be their home. You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It can't be what mama did. It can't be what daddy did. It can't be what grandmother did, grandfather did. You've got to know for yourself that you pass from death unto life. And this would be a dangerous time to be living lost because if Jesus comes before we get out of this service, where would you spend eternity? Every person here has a choice. Every person here has to make a decision. My decision could be made just standing, sitting, and, and staying still on that pew and walking out the same way that I came in. Or my decision could be made by coming to Christ and letting Jesus change my life. But every person here, you're going to make a choice. You're going to make a decision. You're going to leave this building one way or another. You're going to leave this building saved and knowing it. Or you're going to leave this building continuing to live lost. But every person here, you've got a choice to make. How will you leave this building? It's a dangerous time when you see ISIS when you see the beheadings, when you see everything that is occurring, when you see the Middle East in turmoil, when you see America in turmoil, when you see everything that is happening across the globe, it would be a dangerous time to be living lost. Because you're not promised tomorrow and you're not promised the next day. You're not promised the next service. You're not promised the next opportunity. And you need to know for yourself that you have been saved by the grace of God. Every person here, you're either saved or you're either lost. There's no middle ground. Where will you spend eternity? Every person here, you say, preacher, what do I have to do? The scripture says I've got to come to Christ. I've got to realize I'm a sinner. I've got to realize I need a Savior. I've got to realize that I need Christ to change my life. I've got to come to that place of repentance. If I'm going to be delivered from this present darkness, then I've got to remember who Jesus is. I've got to return to the Lamb of God. I've got to repent as a Christian. But as a lost person, I've got to come to the reality that I cannot change myself. I cannot save myself. And I must come holy to Jesus Christ and let him change my life. So every person here, you've got a choice to make. Where will you spend eternity? How will you live your life? Where will you spend your eternal life? Either in heaven or either in hell. Two categories of people here, saved and lost. Where do you find yourself? On this Sunday morning, I would hate to know that I would leave a service like this the same way that I came in. I will give an account for sharing the gospel with you. But you will give an account for hearing me give you the gospel. You will be without excuse from this day forward. 
You can laugh it off. You can, you can play. You can, you can say, I don't have to listen. I'm okay like I am. But I promise you, you will stand before a holy God and you will give an account from this day forward of what you have heard in this service today. So my friend, it's a dangerous time to be living lost. Jesus made a way for every person. What will you do with Jesus Christ? What will you do with your opportunity of salvation? What will you do with the time that God has given you right now and the breath that is in your body? Will you accept Christ? Or will you continue and walk out of this building the same way that you came in? I wonder in the quietness of this moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask you with no moving, no leaving, but just sincerity in your heart and life, I want to ask you several questions. Number one, how many would be honest in this building today, preacher? I know there's been a time and a place in my life where, where I've accepted the Lord. I, I know that I've been saved. I know that I've been changed. I know that I've been forgiven. And, and if I were to die right now, or the rapture of the church would to occur, I know heaven would be my home. I know that I'm saved. I know the Lord, I know that I've been forgiven, and I know heaven would be my home. If you can state that and say that with all sincerity, I want you to just wave that hand toward heaven as a testimony to that very fact. I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. Thank you, you can put it down. I wonder how many would be honest in this building, preacher. I could not raise my hand this just then, because I'm not sure where I'd spend eternity. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that I've ever been forgiven. But I know this, I don't want to die lost, I don't want to die and go to hell, and I don't want to die without Christ. And I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and I need your prayers today. I need you to touch, uh, to ask the Lord to touch my heart today. I'm concerned over my life, and I'm concerned over eternity. And I need your prayers. Would you be honest enough just to lift that hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me today. Because I'm not sure that I know Jesus as my Savior. Pray for me. Anyone, anywhere, just lift that hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not ashamed of it. I just, I just know I need prayer and I, I need the Lord to help me. Because I don't want to die in my sin. I don't want to die lost without Christ. Pray for me today. Anyone, anywhere, just lift that hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Pray for me today. Anyone, anywhere, just lift that hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. How many would be honest as Christians in this building, Preacher? I know that I'm saved, but I've got to be honest. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I've lost that first love. I, I, I'm not in love with Jesus like I used to be. I need your help today in prayer to pray that the Lord will help me because I need to fall back in love with Jesus. And I need you to pray for me. Anybody, anywhere, just lift that hand up. Thank you, thank you. Others in this building, be honest enough. Preacher, I'm saved, but I've got to be honest. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. The Lord has spoken to me today. Pray for me. 
Thank you. Others, just lift that hand up all over this building. Pray for me. Pray for me. Thank you. Others, just be honest. Pray for me. Pray for me. Help me be honest. I've got lost family, friends, acquaintances that need the Lord. Would you help me to pray for them? Would you just lift those hands up all over the building? I want us to stand all over the building. I want the musicians to come. and They're going to sing a song of invitation. How many of you would leave those seats and come and get around this old altar today? and Fall back in love with the Savior. How many of you would just leave those, serve, those seats and come and get around this altar and ask the Lord to touch you today? The greatest choice, the greatest decision you can make as a Christian is to fall back in love with the Savior. The, greatest, the second greatest decision you can make as a Christian is to be a witness and a testimony for those around you that need Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. We need revival. We need the touch of God. We need the help of God in this day. We need our burden back, our tears back, our compassion back that we can reach out and love people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you that lifted those hands, you, you're saved, but you know you need to get closer to Jesus. You know you need to get back to the place you need to be. How many of you, as they just begin to sing, you just step out and come all over this building. You've got lost friends, acquaintances, relatives, loved ones. How many of you find your place around this altar today? Begin to pray for them. You just mind the Lord as they sing. Once I wandered in sin's black night And there was no way I could make You're my You're not where you need to be at the Lord. Why don't you step out and come let the, the Lord help you? Young man, young lady, sir, ma'am. You're Lord in this building. You're not saved. Why don't you step out and come? Let the Lord help you today. Greatest sinner, decision you could ever make is saying yes to Jesus Christ. Why don't you step die. out and come? But then I heard a voice say, Father, I'll go and I'll pay his sin debt in Calvary's flow. I'll bear in my body the marks of the cross to save this child who is sin sick and lost. And it's still the blood that saves from sin. It's still the blood that cleanses within from the Before they sing that second verse, with every head bowed and every eye closed, somebody in this building, you you know, if you left, you're not where you need to be with the Lord. Why don't you let the Lord help you today? Won't you let the Lord speak to you today? Won't you let the Lord tenderize your heart today, and you come to Christ?
Greatest choice decision you could ever make is saying yes to Jesus Christ. Won't you let the Lord help you today? Father, in Jesus' name, touch those that's here. Touch those individuals. God, get their attention, their thinking, their mind, their heart on you. Lord, time's running out. The days are numbered upon this earth. We're about to see you face to face. God, let the church get right. God, let us get right. God, let us fall back in love with you. God, that we can see a lost and dying world born again by the grace of God. Lord, I pray that you'd convict us, you would touch us, you would tenderize our own hearts. God, that we could see our friends and families lost and undone. Lord, speak to us today. God, may your will be accomplished in every heart and every life. In Jesus' name. They're going to sing one more verse, one more chorus. Nobody else comes. This invitation's over. You just mind God. There are those who rely on the works that they do. And some men count on the times they've prayed through. Oh, but when the battle's over and the victory's That's going to be a reality when we see Jesus face to face. Why don't you sing it with them? And it's still the blood that saves from sin. It's still the blood that cleanses within. From the highest star in heaven to the depths of the sea. But the 